You're listening to The Common Cause with Phil Lyman and Mike Peterson. Hello. Holy cow. How many times does that phone have to ring before you pick it up? Did it? <laughs> oh, you have a caller ID, don't you? I, I was waiting. I was <laughs> waiting patiently. How are you? I'm good. You ready to talk? How's things at the Peterson Ranch? <laughs> the truth? I'm very yeah. frustrated right now. I've been trying to install some doors in the... I don't know who if I measured wrong or the lumber company manufactured wrong, but there's enough room under this door to drive a truck, so I'm a little frustrated. But well, so that's why that's why you use a licensed contractor to do that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that's a great segue. I want to talk about licenses tonight, so that was perfect. That was perfect. You're you're a smart man, Phil. I mean, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about licenses. In fact. So do you, because you had a bill this last uh, session about licensing. Yeah, I did on the on on the barber license amendments. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, do you want me to tell you a little bit of the background on it? Sure. Yeah. So, an amazing person, uh, Kevin Wing, a friend of a lot of people at the legislature, and uh, and actually a candidate for governor. But a young, a young, young guy that could not seem to pass the written exam for barber licensing, and of course, everybody that cuts your hair should, you know, obviously pass a written exam. Uh, <laughs> facetiously, sarcasm <laughs> noted. And um, so, after a number of times trying, he he he, uh, you know, was spending money, and he was getting more and more frustrated. And then you you can have an apprenticeship license for two years, but then you have to convert and, and pass the written exam, or you have to stop cutting hair. And that's kind of the position he found himself in. And it was pretty discouraging for him, but he passed away from, from natural causes in um, December, uh, just not too long before Christmas, which was sad because he was a Santa Claus, the perfect Santa Claus anyway. And, 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 and literally one of his dying wishes was that we would get that law changed and he asked me to do it he asked a number of other legislators and so i, I ran it towards the end and what it does is it, it provides an avenue for a barber uh, they already have to take a practical exam and a written exam and this provides for a second practical exam in lieu of a written exam so another path to get licensed if you if you're struggling so uh, that's that was the long and short of it so so a law that or it, it, it made it easier for people to obtain their barbering license. Well, I don't know if easier. It, it created another path. Another path. Right yeah. 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 Probably, you know, 95% of the people are going to say, oh, heck no, I don't want to do another practical exam. I'd rather just take this written exam and pass it. But for whatever purpose, you know, if it's a language barrier or any other sort of impediment to passing the written exam, this just provides a an opportunity to do it, which seems like for barbering, it seems like the practice seems like a very practical exercise to cut someone's hair. So it seems like a practical exam would be a, a, the appropriate way to determine, you know, if a person's can do that proficiently. Yep. There are, there are probably other ways to determine if a person can do that proficiently. Like if you want them to do it and they're willing so when you, they cut your hair and you give them a check, that seems like a really simple yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're saying that instead of instead of the, the state issuing a license, 
um, you, which, which in essence verifies that you qualify as a barber. You're saying, what if customers themselves verified that you were a barber? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, you and I, are, I think, are on similar uh, wavelength on this. I, I'm not a big fan of, of requiring a license to, to make a living. Nor am I. And, and, and the, the, really, the, the, the one that wins in this scenario is, is, is government. And they get fees and they get money and they get you know, power and dominion and whatever else that comes from, from taking over licensing a profession that could just as easily function with free market controls, I, I believe. And I know there's plenty of people that, you know, that are in the licensing world that would argue against it. But yeah, I, I'm not sure that there's very many things that need the government to put their stamp of approval on it in the first place. Well, you, you mentioned, uh, well, I, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but I, I'll, let, me, let me say this. I ran across a 2007 study that said uh, in the U.S. we spent somewhere, somewhere near $40 billion getting licensed. $40 billion in this economy to pay for licensing. And in, in fact, some 1,100 occupations require uh, a license. But as you said, um, you know, it, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, uh, <clears throat> not every, not every career should, should require a license. And in fact, I'm not sure I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I'm not sure that any should require right. a license. Right. I think, I think there's ways to, to work around the requirement of license. So, so that brings up uh, in this last session, we had a bill SB, SB 87 professional, uh, professional licensing amendment. You remember that one? It was the one that. Is that Perucci, Candace's? Yeah. Candace yeah, representing yeah. Perucci's. Yeah. Who, who was in the Senate? Do you remember? Bramble. Bramble. Yeah. Bramble. Senator Bramble. Yeah. And good essentially. Bill. It was a good bill. It was, it was, what it said is that if you operate or you work at a, a blow dry facility, you know, a place mm -hmm. where folks do, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the bill real quickly so I can say it right. So it says creates an exemption from licensure under the cosmetology act for an individual who only dries styles, arranges, dresses, curls, hot iron, shampoos, or conditions hair. So if you do that, if you just do that, you shouldn't uh, be required to do the 2,000 hour or whatever. I think it's 2,000 hour uh, uh, course cosmetology license. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in fact, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. Really? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Candace Perucci, Representative Perucci, when she when she talked about it, she told us that, in fact, when she was younger she would do this very service for folks, not knowing that it was illegal, because it is illegal. If you get money, if you get paid for it until the governor signs it, if you get paid for this, you're breaking the law. You cannot be paid to curl somebody's hair or to dry somebody's hair or style it or shampoo it or condition it. Um, and so she, so she jokingly told us that uh, she'd been breaking the law all those years of college. That's part of how she funded her way through college was helping girls with their hair as they attended their weddings and things. Hmm. 
but I hope she doesn't. I hope she doesn't try to steal my tagline, which is lawbreaker turned lawmaker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you it know, has to be. There's, certainly, it's got to be more than styling <laughs> on hair qualifies you for that. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't run that one past me. Okay. All right. Well, so I think you're. I just. Think I just came across it. Just yeah. Just I had a kind of a panic there for a second. You know, the, the so the funny thing, one of the funny things about this whole idea of licensure is, and, and especially in this one, so uh, I, someone very, very uh, dear to me is a cosmetologist. Mm-hmm. And and it happens that over the course of the last, you know, years or whatever, I've talked about this idea of a, requiring a licensure. And this person was in agreement with me that, yeah, it does seem that, we've probably gone a little too far. It, it, it shouldn't require a licensure for, for, you know, all the things that we do, you know, whether you're doing nails or, or, or building a home or whatever, we probably don't need these licenses for all these different activities. Well, when I mentioned to her that we were doing this bill about uh, the blow dry, she was like, she kind of came apart all over me that how dare we start with the cost with the cosmetologist well yeah what it, but what it brought what it what it just reminded me of is that is that for oftentimes for all kinds of things you know we we agree with the basic principle but once it hits home then we're a little uh, res- uh hesitant to it, which really gets to the heart of the problem when government steps in in yeah. the first place is how do they step out you know i would feel the same way about cpa licensure you know it's like well i just you know did all of these things to get to, to pass that horrendous exam, you know, a four mm-hmm. part three day exam and it's hard and you study and you take courses and you spend money and you get tested on, you know, 90% of stuff that you won't ever use again, but you pass it. And then if they said, you know what, this is stupid. Anyone that wants to be a CPA can just, you know, put out a sign. So, yeah, I can see the, I can see the reasons why cosmetology would, would feel that way. Cause they've, they've paid, they've paid their dues. They paid a heavy price yep. to get yep. a license and, yep. Um, but it doesn't mean it. It doesn't. It doesn't add credence to the to the license itself or to the process. So it really doesn't, because because we've all we've all had uh, haircuts from people who didn't do a very good job, or right. from CPAs who didn't do a good job, or right. from builders who didn't do a good job. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't safeguard you. And, and you know, I, I always think about because as I've talked with people about contracting, for example, what if what if instead of uh, what if instead of me going to a contractor knowing he was licensed and so I feel okay about him, what if when I went to the bank to borrow money, they said, uh, Mike, who, who's going to build your house? And I say, oh, Phil Lyman Construction. And they say, has he ever built a home before? Oh, no, he's a CPA, but he's going to do it this time. Mm-hmm. They'd probably not lend me the money. And if they did, or if for whatever reason I didn't need to borrow money and I went to go and I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to go get uh, insurance on my home. And they said, OK, who built your home? Oh, Phil Lyman Construction. And they looked into you and found out you'd never built a home. I probably couldn't get it insured. So so I probably it it's would just, probably take care of itself. The, the market would take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the case with I think I think with, with virtually everything, especially today. Which and and the converse of that is true too. So, if if I am licensed, then you say, "Oh well, he must he must know what he's doing." And like he said, a lot of times that's not the case at all. I just, you know, happen to have a license and 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 still do a horrible job. So, it's a false sense of 
um, proficiency on the one hand and, and yeah, it's, it's, and the, and the, and, and the only thing that comes out ahead in this is government itself because they are, you know, receiving money, money that could have mm -hmm. stayed in the, in the market and, you know, and the power things. Yeah. And the power. And, 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 and let me add this also, cause I, I'm not sure that it's just that the consumer would take care of it, but also I think that, you know, you could have, Phil, you could have joined, uh, uh, maybe the CPA, uh, association they require some some test and they give you a seal of approval right maybe maybe there's a building a construction association and they give me a seal of approval rather than rather than the government giving me the seal of approval well you know that's an interesting thing that you say it that way because the cpa a certified public accountant is a is basically a national association now to have an account yeah. uh, a a license in accountancy is a state license uh, that they also require. But, but I mean, that's, that's almost a case in point. In fact, the AICPA, the American Association of Certified Public Accountants, they, they guard their space pretty jealously from uh, state agencies and other, you know, governmental groups say, well, we can, we can, we can police ourselves. We can license, we can provide this, this, uh, yeah, CPA credential, to our people mm -hmm. and we don't mm -hmm. need the government to tell us to, to step in on that. So that, yeah, they, they, they can and they do. So. And, and, and as a consumer, I can say, well, I'm going to go to Phil Lyman because he's got a, he's credentialed mm -hmm. or maybe I want to pay my neighbor, you know, 200 bucks to do it. And maybe they don't have a license, but you know what? It, it's my choice. And if, and if I, and if in my mind, I, I need somebody who's certified, I'll do somebody that's certified, but if I don't want it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Why does the government tell me who I can and cannot use? That just, it just drives me crazy. You know, Bastia um, uh, talks about that in the law and mm -hmm. those things that are unseen. And, and that's, you say, well, you know, licensing, it provides lots of jobs and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, people would use that money for other things if they didn't have to pay it yeah. for licensure. They might buy a new pair of shoes. They might, you know, society would be marginally improved if people had more control rather than less. Yeah. So. The, the, the only downside is all the people we'd put out of, we'd put out of work at the, in the government. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Yeah, they would they would find other employment. You know, I don't. Yeah, it's it's it would That's be right. a, it would be good. It would be a good thing. We should it do would, that. It would shrink government. <laughs> well, in fact, you, you told you told me that well, about about Governor Cox. Yeah, uh, I think it was his first uh, his first official action was to announce that he was going to do a review of occupational licensing, and he has. He's 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 committed to you know cut down the number of licenses that we, that we're dealing with. I don't know. I think you threw out a number in the state of like 11,000 or something. 1100 1, is, is nationally. Yeah. 1100 different occupations require. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, you know, kudos to governor Cox and Lieutenant governor uh, Henderson. And I hope that they, I hope that they really get aggressive about that. It'd be nice if Utah would lead out on some of those things and say, you know, in Utah, we we're we're pro business and we allow people to do things without a license. 
So on, on yeah, on, I just looked it up on January fourth of this year, twenty twenty one. This is this is uh, at Governor Cox's site. In their mm-hmm. first official action, Governor Spencer Cox and Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson signed an executive order dealing with occupational licenses in front of the historic territorial state house in Fillmore. Mm-hmm. Executive order 2021-01 requires state agencies to review all occupational licenses to ensure they are truly necessary and are not outdated or incomplete. The review, uh, the review orders these agencies review, the review orders these agency reviews must be completed by June 30th of 2021. Anyway, It'll be inter- it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what this review comes up with. Yeah, yeah, and and there were there were quite a few bills dealing with licensure uh, this year in the session, and I think that I think Governor Cox's review gave some encouragement to some of these other bills that say, well, if we're going to review it, let's let's make sure that we're talking about you know barbers or low dry shops or some of these some of these other things and. Well, and I, and I and I assured this person who was unhappy with me about the, about this last uh, the blow dry shop. When I assured this person that this next session, I was going to see if I could find another occupation that requires a licensure that maybe we could uh, modify or eliminate and make it a little easier for someone to earn their living and not have to not have to be sort of yeah. Uh, you know, I'll say that the the cosmetologist came. When I presented my bill on barbering, and uh, they'd taken a neutral position, which um, some of them were not happy that the that the association had taken a neutral position. Mm-hmm. But I have such great respect for those guys, the lobbyists, the cosmetologists, because they are trying to protect their profession from a lot of encroachment, and a lot of it comes straight from the state. So they're getting in and doing what they feel is the best thing for for their associates, for the for the people that are in their organization. I'm sure if they had an option that was better uh, they would, they would love to step into that, but we've, we've kind of created this, this box that you have to play inside of this box with licensing and cosmetology does a really, really good job of, of advocating for their people. And so I, I respect them for it. I'd like to change the ground rules a little bit so they, so they don't feel so boxed into that licensure. Boxed in. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, and like you say, and, and we should we should find some other professions. Uh, cosmetology is easy because so many people deal with them and interface with them. And that's the deal. So mm-hmm. yeah, so so yeah, we should we should proactively try to identify some good professions that that might be candidates for that besides cosmetology because it is a that yeah. is kind of easy. So yeah, yeah, good point. Well, ma- ma- making that statement here on the podcast, sort of. Uh locks that deal in for me that I sort of have to now I have to make sure I, I do it now. So I'm going to, I'm going to find something that we could make a little, make life a little easier. Okay. for somebody. Not accountants though. Right. Well, that's, that's <laughs> it starts with an A. So that's on the, that's okay. All right. Top, top of the list. list. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for okay, it. Phil. I'm all for it. You know what? Um, I really want to talk about, Susan Pulsifer's, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, you know the, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, the filtering, the filtering, uh, the filtering on cell but phones. Yeah. Would you? 
It is. It's almost ten thirty tonight. Do you mind if we do that on the next call? Oh, time time flies. Is that gonna break fun. your heart? No, no, not at all. That's and that's a good one to talk about. We should talk about it next time. But I've got lots to say about it too. So, and I think we are going to have Larry Meyer if we can get him on podcast really soon with the uh, platform Republican Pack. So yeah, either next time or the time after that. Okay, we'll jump in and talk about it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that bill from a policy standpoint. It has a lot of, it, yeah. Yeah. A lot of intersections. Interesting things. Yep. Well, good. Mike. Okay. Great talking. Well, yep. Yeah. You too, Phil. T- tell the family. Hi. Okay. We'll do. Good night. Okay. Sleep tight. You Bye-bye. too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the common cause with Phil and Mike. You can email your comments and questions to the common cause podcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll subscribe and that you'll give us a five star review.